It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. As no one can live without inhaling and exhaling, no one can live without feeling and expressing. According to today's guest, Mark Nepo, we are constantly being shaped into finer instruments of care and expression. The deeper we go, the more attuned we become. Mark joins us today to talk about how we can discover our own voice so we can move through obstacles and transitions. Mark is a poet and philosopher and the author of the number one New York Times bestseller, The Book of Awakening. Welcome, Mark. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's good to be with you again, Joan. Thank you. Well, Mark, it's always a pleasure having you on the show, and and this is your fourth time, so I'm so honored that you are joining us once again. I always enjoy our time together. Oh, me too. Me too. Thank you. I appreciate your broadcast. So, Mark, you believe that it's important for us to find our voice, and you have a program called The Life of Expression, Finding Your Voice. What is a life of expression? Well, and and you, you know, that wonderful how you quoted to open us. I mean, that metaphor helps tremendously as the heart. Well, the lungs, let's start with the lungs. You know, we even as we're talking, we have to inhale and exhale. We don't have any choice. Mm -hmm. We can't say, oh, oh, for this half hour, we'll just inhale. (laughs) Well, likewise, the heart, as you quoted there, the heart. That's how the heart breathes. It inhales by perceiving and feeling, and then it exhales by expressing. And it doesn't matter. And let, let's open it up, you know, really widely and deeply. It's not just in the formal arts. You know, you can express yourself by by sitting quietly, uh, thinking to yourself. You can express yourself by gardening or making dinner or caring for loved ones. But the point is that just as the lungs as you can't you can't choose not to breathe you're going to perceive and feel every one of us and we need to express so the heart can live fully and so you know as you know in my earlier life i almost died from a rare form of lymphoma and that changed that opened me to all of this because you know um we're so driven in our world to make a product out of everything, even in the arts, you know, I I hope to write a great poem or create a a book or produce uh, a play or, you know, whatever it might be, record a song. There's nothing wrong with that. But we are, when we give our all to anything like gardening, anything we give our complete being to, we are shaped for it and it helps the heart breathe and it keeps us well which is regardless of whether what I write is good or not. We've all been through a a very challenging year and a half now. And 
what you're teaching us. How can this be brought into our lives to help us navigate all of this pain that we've had to endure? Well, you know, it's, it's so powerful right now. It's been such a difficult and profound time. And, you know, in, in general, like a law, an emotional law of nature, what is not expressed is depressed. So with all that we've been through, all the loss, all the, the precious moments of being alone, of being with loved ones, of not being able to be with loved ones, of losing people, that generates so much transformation and feeling that if we don't express it, we'll explode. Mm-hmm. We'll collapse. We'll, you know, we'll start to crack in our foundation. And so the 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 simplest way that I try myself, because I'm struggling with it too, is to be honest about what I'm feeling, to be honest about what you're feeling, what we're going through, and to express it to ourselves, to each other. Because when we can be that truthful, we discover that we're more together than alone, and then we are strengthened. Do you think the literal isolation that we've had to experience, we've quite literally been isolated from others, do you think that caused many of us to look within, to get more in touch with that part of ourselves? Oh, undoubtedly. And it's also, you know, it's also produced, it's uncomfortable. You know, we're so busy all the time, even though we're out of balance, really, in our world culture, uh, that when we're forced to stop like this, well, it does, you know, we go, wait a minute, wait a minute, what, you know, I don't know what I'm doing here. This is all unfamiliar. So I think undoubtedly the hard gift of this has been that we have been forced to stop. You know, in the Jewish tradition, the word Sabbath literally means the one day we don't turn one thing into another. And the pandemic, as hard as it's been, has forced humanity into a global Sabbath. We we haven't been able to run from here to there, to go, to dream, to plan, to even, you know, manipulate and think we have control over things. We've been forced to stop. And that causes us to see things as they are. That causes us to appreciate everything all the more. And the challenge, which I felt after my cancer journey is, you know, I woke up on the other side and I said, well, how do I, how do I keep life so fresh and real when it's not an emergency? When everybody's gone back to work and I'm just in my living room after surgeries with my, in my bathrobe. And, and we're, we're all faced with that now globally. When I was going through all of the struggles that brought me to where I am today, I always say, and what I found in my own life is that I got to this point where I no longer could tolerate the status quo of my life. And I needed Mm. to make a change because I didn't like where I was and I didn't like where I was heading. And do you think hardships, you know, like what I'm talking about, do you think that we can use our hardships to become what you call a spiritual warrior? I mean, in my life, I've done that. So do you believe we all have the ability to do that? 
Absolutely. And, and so there's two things that come to mind that are, that are ancient, but they're very relevant. You know, these things, they seem abstract until we hit a time like now and we realize, oh, there are tools in the toolbox. We just haven't been asked to use them yet. Right. And so one of those is the, is the fact that this is the ancient original definition of the word sacrifice. Now, Lord knows there's been so much sacrifice by frontline care, hospital and care workers, all the people who've helped us get through all of this. And we know sacrifice with military uh, you know, family and people who have given so much, that sacrifice comes out of the soil of this original definition, which is sacrifice originally means to give up what no longer works in order to stay close to what is sacred, which is another way to say what you just shared, Joan, that we all at some point, that what's sacred stays the same, but because we're dynamic and changing and growing what worked yesterday may not work tomorrow and so we all have to learn how do i become aware oh this isn't work like you said well this isn't working i don't really want to keep doing this how do we put it down Mm -hmm. and know and pick up what next so this leads to and i've been asking myself this and and others in my teaching right now there are three questions that can help us with when things break down. They are, what needs to be repaired? What needs to be reimagined? And now that it's broken, what needs to be left dismantled and never put back together again? Hmm. So I invite your listeners to, you know, all those of us who are with us uh, today, can you, can you ask yourself those questions in your own life right now after being through these 18 months of, of things not being as normal and being forced to stop? What in your life needs to be repaired or reimagined or left dismantled? And I think the, the part about what needs to be left dismantled is the most difficult part because we don't want to let go. And, you know, sometimes we hold on to things that make us unhappy because it's familiar. And and I think that that's, um, you know, the challenge for many people. Absolutely. You know, in our and, and that's because, you know, we we get attached. We get attached to those things. So, you know, one uh, this brings up a great there's a great story from the life of Buddha uh, about He's, he's on foot. He's, he walked from village to village. And as he was walking this time, he came upon a river, very fast river, deep, deep waters. He, there was no one around. And it was, little, it was too fast and deep to wade or swim across. So he took a day and he built a raft out of branches and reeds. And sure enough, it was strong enough to hold him. And he crossed the river. So when he got to the other side, he got out, shook, you know, was dripping wet, and he held the raft on his back and started walking further. And about an hour or so later, he realized he didn't smell water anymore. And he thought, I don't think there are any more rivers to cross. Why am I carrying this on my back? And this is the lesson from Buddha. So he didn't just throw it away. He stopped that night. He spent the night. He built a fire, and he did a ritual in which he thanked the raft. He put the raft in the fire and he said, I would rather burn you in reverence than carry you on my back in resentment. How many things, because they're familiar, as you say, and they're 
they're they're dear to us that we cling to when and then quietly we start to resent them because they've already served their purpose right and and it's releasing that fear it's it's letting go like you said of, of what we no longer need to move forward yeah so it, so when we think of it like you think we all know how a butterfly emerges from a cocoon well when it does it doesn't mean the cocoon was false it meant the cocoon served its purpose right and and i think it helps me when i can think about the things i need to let go like a cocoon and say oh well you know like you were saying maybe it's time this what's happening in the status quo isn't working maybe i need to put down what no longer works to get closer to life and to feel feel well and we're all going to have to figure that out together now because the old world before the pandemic is gone there is no way back we may get to hopefully it looks like do more no quote normal things but that old world it's it's no longer here and we have to help each other see what's what is needed and what is real going forward and you know mark one of the things that i learned that and i i call it the power of the word and because we we tend to think that things are either or so we're either experiencing pain or joy suffering or blessings loss or gain but i think that we can substitute the word or for and because we can experience pain and joy at the same time it doesn't have to be an either or there's a place for both things because you know i know for example when my mom passed away i i was stuck in that pain of grief and any time i would be happy about something else in my life i immediately felt guilty because i reminded myself mm-hmm. i should be sad because i'm grieving my mother but the one thing i learned is that i can feel the loss and the pain of my mother being gone but still be joyful about other things that and is something that i've allowed into my life absolutely i think that's that's very wise and i think that you know as i grow older I, I I experienced that too. That that really, you know, when we're early in life, we're kind of taught to choose either or. But the deepest lessons of the heart come when we are are led to feeling more than one thing at the same time, and when we let those things in and don't insist on choosing, the heart releases a deeper wisdom, a deeper teaching to us. So yes. Uh, I too have known I can know joy and grief at the same time. I can be clear and confused at the same time, and we don't have to choose. In fact, we we exhaust ourselves with a lot of energy trying to choose because, you know, out in the world, we all have this, we learn and are taught this capacity to problem solve. It's a great skill. But it's not a worldview. It's a it's a great tool in our toolkit. But the mind can't solve paradox. So when I'm forced to choose, when I choose in problem solving, I sort, prioritize, and choose among choices. But as we're talking, the deeper things, all the things that have taught me uh, about life, they have come from absorbing and integrating, from letting both the joy and the grief in my heart at the same time and integrating what is it teaching me 
What is it teaching me about being here? And to go back to our, our beginning, it, to express, to have some conversation with ongoing conversation with life. This is, this is what the life of expression is. It's really, it's powerful to practice a personal form of expression. Mark, what is your hope for all of us moving forward? Oh, my goodness. You know, that we, that we truly behold each other, see and feel each other, and help each other, that we, we love each other. This is the same thing all the traditions have spoken about. And, you know, and when we go through difficult things like, like we are with the pandemic, and you can see it in society. And, and, and when I talk about this, I'm not separating. We are they. There is no they because we take turns. You know, there are times when we're hurt and frightened that we pull away from each other. And we make each other out to be enemies or different. And then when there are times when we're broken open and we go, oh, my God, it's you. Oh, thank God I'm not alone. And, you know, we take turns in this. So it's all one human family. And, and so somehow we've got to love our way out of this. Love has to move as qu- and kindness as quickly as disease. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. If our listeners would like to learn more about Mark and his work, you can visit marknepo.com. Again, that's marknepo.com. Mark, our time goes by so quickly, and I look forward to when you come back on the show again. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to be with you, Joan. This is Conversations with Joan. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Do you feel lost on your journey to health and happiness? Then let us guide you on your path. Personalized actions towards health. Your path is a series of choices you act on every day. We guide you on a personalized journey of dietary, exercise, genetic, supplement, and lifestyle choices that lead you to optimal health and happiness. Often taking the road less traveled leads to liberation. Your path is personal. Your journey, like you, is unique. Take action today. Head to bestpathforme.com. Again, that's bestpathforme.com. Hi, this is Joan Herman. Did you know that Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life publishes a free monthly digital magazine that can be read online or emailed to your inbox? Every month, nationally recognized leaders in their field provide information to educate, inspire, and motivate you. We believe in a holistic approach to life, incorporating mind, body, and spirit. Check out a copy of 24-7 Magazine, visit CYACYL.com, and be sure to tell your friends. to live a happy, productive life, but sometimes we just need a little help. Our Coach on Call experts provide strategies to help you live your best life now. Joining me today is Odette Coronel, a coach who helps people create the life and relationships they want. She is here today to discuss the impact of self-acceptance in our relationships. Welcome, Odette. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello, Joan. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm really thrilled to be talking with you today. So, Odette, Understanding the way we accept ourselves, that has an important role in the way we show up in a relationship. Let's start by understanding 
what self-acceptance is and what does it mean when we don't self-accept ourselves? That's a great question, Joan. Self-acceptance refers to being aware of who you are, acknowledging it and accepting it. When we don't have self-acceptance, we are experiencing negative emotions about ourselves. We engage in negative self-talk and negative limiting beliefs about ourselves. We struggle to love ourselves. We feel insecure. The opposite of acceptance is judgment. So when we don't have self-acceptance, we tend to judge ourselves and be very critical of ourselves. We also find it difficult to accept others and become very critical of them. A lack of self-acceptance is associated with anxiety, depression, and lower levels of overall well-being. We may sometimes also have unrealistic expectations for ourselves as well as for others, and we're not as resilient when things don't go our way. I think it's, it's fascinating when you said when we don't accept ourselves, we become more critical of others. And I think that that really plays into relationships. A, a lot of times people wonder, what am I doing wrong when they really haven't done anything wrong? It's just that the other person is having their own self-issues and they're projecting it onto their partner. Exactly, Joan. When we learn to accept ourselves as we are, we learn to also accept others as they are. It also creates the space for others to accept us. When we love and accept ourselves, we make it possible for others to love and accept us too. You know, sometimes people are trying to show us love and acceptance. And if we don't feel self-acceptance, we can't receive it. We're not open to accepting or believing it. So it's important to develop self-acceptance uh, because self-acceptance, it's just the foundation of all overall well-being and mental health. And, you know, it promotes us a sense of peace because you're no longer resisting life as it is. It helps you not live in the land of regret. You become more present focused and even look forward to the future. And we come, become more open to receiving love from others as well. So how do we do this, Odette? What strategies can you offer to help us begin practicing self-acceptance? In order to learn self-acceptance and begin practicing it, you must first identify your own negative self-talk. Identify your negative limiting beliefs. Acknowledge that this negative self-talk and these negative limiting beliefs are blocking you from achieving your goals and from experiencing an improved level of well-being. It's preventing you from receiving love and feeling love. Be specific. Identify in detail what it's blocking you from. Think about how you would feel if you didn't believe these things about yourself. Replace the negative self-talk with positive self-talk. It won't be easy, but keep practicing it. Find things to be grateful for. You know, each night before I go to bed, I write down at least three things that I'm grateful for. I've developed that practice. Treat yourself with kindness and compassion. Forgive yourself and let go of any feelings of guilt, shame, or regret. Journaling is a great tool for writing down all the things you want to let go of and forgive yourself and others for. Identify your strengths as well as your weaknesses and make the decision to accept them. Create affirmations. I absolutely love affirmations. They've really changed my life. In Louise Hayes' book, You Can Heal Your Life, you can find very powerful affirmations, including, I love and accept myself as I am today. Repeat this affirmation to yourself throughout your day. Also, practice changing your perception and make a habit of looking for the lessons in every experience. Once you learn to love and accept yourself as you are, you will feel a sense of peace. You begin to realize that the people in your life do love and accept you. The more you love and accept yourself unconditionally, 
the more capable you become to love and accept your partner, and you will be able to allow them to love and accept you. If you would like to get more information about Odette and her work, you can visit odettecoronel.com. Or as always, to hear more from Odette, you can visit our website, cyacyl.com slash Odette. Odette, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Joan. I had a wonderful time. We'll be right back. Do you see the value in what you have? I recently made a virtual presentation to a group, and after I was done presenting, we had a discussion about interpersonal relationships. During our conversation, many people expressed concern about how easily they are being replaced. They felt like there was no value given to them and or a relationship by a friend, partner, family member, or employer. Hearing so many people express the same feeling made me start to wonder if we have become a society of disposables. It reminded me of an expression my mother used to say, out with the old and in with the new. This is Joan Herman here with a lesson learned while earning my PhD in life. It's time to see the value in what you have. It seems like just about every aspect of our life today is disposable. We throw away televisions, computers, clothing, phones, food, furniture, and so much more. By contrast, when I was growing up, we fixed everything. There was a neighborhood television repairman. We ate leftovers for dinner. We took our shoes to the local shoemaker for new heels. Baby diapers were cloth, and appliances were kept until they could no longer be repaired. We drove the same car until it died on the road, and marriages lasted until death do us part. While it is true that we have more conveniences and opportunities than our parents and grandparents, I believe our ancestors had something that many of us lack the ability to attach to and appreciate what they had. Today we want immediate gratification. If it's broken, an old model, or not working the way we want, we simply throw it out and replace it with something new, something shiny and upgraded. Is it possible that we are carrying our new disposable mentality into our relationships? How many people do you know that cut off contact with someone with whom they had a disagreement? They end the relationship and find someone new to fill the void. How many marriages suffer from infidelity because of boredom or not having a particular need met? One spouse moves on to someone new and creates a new family, often breaking ties with their old partner and even their children. How many employers replace or demote an employee for a minor infraction without giving that person a second chance? They hire a replacement. If any of these scenarios sound familiar to you, and I know they do to me, Perhaps it's time to examine how we interact with others. Are we looking for a quick fix? Would we be willing to cut someone out of our life because we are angry? Are we considering replacing a spouse or have already done so before exploring every avenue to repair the relationship? Would we fire an employee without giving it a second thought? If you believe you may have adopted a disposable mentality, Now's the time to make a change. Start nurturing your relationships. Put in the time and do the necessary work. Nothing worth having comes easily. Appreciate and value what you have, material items and relationships, and stop keeping an open eye looking for something better. Empathize with others before taking action. Repair something before tossing it in the trash. If you feel like someone who has been replaced, remember, we can't change or control other people and how they behave, but we can change our behavior. We can change the way we respond and the way we treat others. And little by little, perhaps, our treatment of others may just start a movement in a more positive direction. Who knows? One day, we may learn to treasure the old and forget the new. Thank you for spending this time with me. For more inspiring tips, visit joanherman.com.
Are you looking for success in sales, maybe marketing or operations? In whatever areas of your business that you want success, it will require change. People want something they can feel certain about, especially in uncertain times. However, the only constant and what they can count on is change. Many people resist change because they feel admitting they need to improve or do things differently is the same as admitting they were wrong. As you strive to bring about positive change in your life, past conditioning will tug at your mind. You may feel trapped between the way you have always done things or what used to be right and what you now know as an adult is a more appropriate and productive attitude. If that happens, you will find your need to be right, which is a powerful human need, may actually work against what you now know to be right for your professional and personal growth. If this happens, remember, change is a part of life itself and critical to your success. If your ego gets in the way because of that need to be right, focus intensely on your goals. Your success today is determined by your ability to positively respond to change. What might have been right for you yesterday simply may not be right today. If you'd like to learn more, reach out to me, Bertha Robinson at star1professional.com or call 732-705-5060. Hi, this is Joan Herman. Did you know that Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life publishes a free monthly digital magazine that can be read online or emailed to your inbox? Every month, nationally recognized leaders in their field provide information to educate, inspire, and motivate you. We believe in a holistic approach to life, incorporating mind, body, and spirit. Check out a copy of 24-7 magazine, visit CYACYL.com, and be sure to tell your friends. This is WNYM, Hackensack, New Jersey, New York City. Welcome back to Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for staying with us. The past year has been challenging for small businesses as the pandemic forced stay-at-home orders and shutdowns. However, despite many small business closures, 2020 saw a record increase in people starting their own companies. Joining us today to talk about the adjustments required to meet the new needs of consumers is Scott Steinberg, an expert on leadership, change, and innovation. Scott was hailed as the Master of Innovation by Fortune Magazine. Welcome, Scott. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, John. And you said it. Boy, what a crazy year for many, many businesses. But the good news is, as much change as we saw in the past year there, it can also be a powerful catalyst for growth and innovation. And obviously, entrepreneurialism alive and well. We're seeing people getting more creative than ever. And oh, by the way, new technologies are constantly emerging. The good news being that recovery is in sight. Well, Scott, why do you believe that we've seen a surge in people starting their own businesses? Well, I think we know that people are more resilient than they ever have been. And if you think about it, necessity is the mother of invention. And boy, 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 did 2020 create a lot of need out there. There's some pretty amazing stuff where businesses are focused going forward. Whenever I talk to small business owners, you hear a lot about, you know, they're they're talking gloom and doom. But it sounds like you believe this is an exciting time for us. Why do you think that's the case? Well, if you think about it, the pandemic just hit a huge reset button on many industries, which means that businesses are constantly having to adapt, but it's also creating new opportunities and gaps that entrepreneurs can be filling in. So, yes, it's been tremendously challenging. I'm a small business owner myself, and it definitely will keep you up at night as you work to adapt to the pace of change. 
But at the same time, we have more tools, technologies, and pay-as-we-go solutions at our fingertips that we can be mixing and matching in all sorts of clever ways. So many businesses, people have been working from home now for over a year. Do you think we will ever go back to the way we used to do business in office, or do you think we're going to have a mix now of people who will always work from home? I think the future is in hybrid or what we call flex work solutions. So yes, you're going to have people working in the office, but you're also going to have those who are going to be working remotely, people working from all over the country. I think the big challenge you're going to have to think about is what happens when you have people working in so many different models and you're not always going to get the face-to-face time or one-on-one time that you're used to. And many interactions are going to be happening remotely if they happen at all, because of course, many shoppers now aren't even dealing with salespeople while they do their research and making purchase decisions. You know, when I look at my own life, I actually like the way things are going now. You you just go online, you click a few buttons, and the next thing you know, your items are delivered at your front door. It's so much easier. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty convenient. A lot of people are enjoying being in sweatpants, don't want to go to work. <laughs> and actually, if you look at the data, I mean, some of those trends, for example, we know that everybody is working to build an online digital storefront. We know that businesses are looking for digital solutions that can help them rebound and build back from the pandemic. They're looking for technology tools and solutions that can help them take their creativity and passion and start new businesses. They're looking for new opportunities or new ventures they could be exploring. And, of course, entrepreneurs all over the board are saying, okay, well, people are now buying online. They're using new technologies to interact with us. How can we leverage those new technologies in clever ways to meet those needs? So I think business owners are on the same wavelength. The challenge is can you get corporate America to accept the fact that people don't necessarily need to be in the same building to get things done. What do you believe the role of freelancers will be moving forward? Oh, it's going to play an even bigger role in business. So the freelance and gig economy, I think we saw that something like over one-third, the half of all Americans have pursued a side hustle or freelance opportunity. you got these sites like Fiverr.com where you can already go online and get help from thousands of people all over the world with everything from market research to copywriting to helping you record voiceovers and commercials for your business or brand to designing business cards and T-shirts. Why wouldn't you tap into that? You've got more people doing it at more affordable prices than ever in more spaces. As a business owner, it really not only gives you a great resource to draw upon, but much more flexibility because you know that you may have to pivot suddenly and on a dime as this pandemic proves. And you're going to see changes in so many areas because as people leave corporate America, when they were working for a corporation, they had their health benefits, they had pensions, 401ks, all of those perks. But now as they're launching their own freelance jobs, they're going to be taking on those responsibilities as well. That's right. That's right. Although what I would say is the good news is any problem that you were trying to solve, as in the past, you've now got thousands of people who've experienced it. So they leave a legacy behind of all these tools, resources, and solutions, and even pay-as-you-go services that can help you access needs on demand without having to reinvent the wheel. So, yeah, you know, more is going to fall on the backs of business owners, and even people who are working in corporate jobs are going to have to think more like entrepreneurs. But, again, you've got all the essential tools that you need to find a way to meet that challenge. So building a brand is always important, but now how important is the message that you're giving to consumers? What do they want to hear today? Well, they're more focused on value than ever, making sure that you are well differentiated and that you have something that can help them save time, effort, energy, and money. That doesn't mean that you have to sell your products for less. It could mean offering better customer service, more convenience. It really means that you're helping them solve problems very quickly. The challenge being that your story, the message that you're sending is super important because you have to differentiate at a glance. Otherwise, you get lumped in with 
hundreds of other competitors who are just a click or call away. Scott, where can our listeners go to get more information about you and your work? Sure. Well, if you're looking for me, you can find me at futuristpluralspeakers.com. Again, futuristspeakers.com. If you're looking for small business hints and tips, I would go to fiverr.com slash smallbusinessnews. And in about 30 seconds or less, what's the takeaway? What do you want to leave our listeners with? Number one takeaway, the world is changing, which means that you have to change with it and get in the habit of regularly mixing up your strategies and solutions and disrupting yourself before a competitor gets around to doing it. And the worst thing you could be doing in a fast-changing world is the same thing over and over again. It's a great way to get left behind. But again, the tools, the technologies are all there, and they're easier to tap into than ever. So don't psych yourself Scott, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Joan. Thanks again. This is Conversations with Joan. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You work hard on your business, and now you have to feed the beast called social media. You need a simple system to make it easier to get social media done so you can focus on the real business you have. This is Susan McLaughlin from SMC Ventures, and I'm going to tell you a secret about social media you may not know. You don't have to be on every platform. You don't even have to post every day. But you do need to have good content and show up on the platforms your customers are on. Here are three steps we recommend for social media success. One, where are your customers? Are they on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, or some other platform? When choosing a social media platform, you have to figure out where your customers may be looking at you to get an idea of how you work. A website is no longer enough. Two, how many days can you commit to posting on social media? Two days? Three days? Don't jump into seven days a week. The expectation will overwhelm you. You can always add on to the two or three days you can commit to. Now that you've got the number of days you can handle, it will take the pressure off how much content you need to come up with. Three, when thinking about what to post, start with what your customers need to know. This goes right back to why you started your business. There was a need for what you do, and most importantly, the way you do it. You and your business are special. With those three steps, you can start to tame the beast that is social media and start posting good content on your chosen platform a few days a week. If you need help with your social media for your business, give us a call. You can check out our website at smcventures.biz or visit us on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. This is Susan McLaughlin from SMC Ventures. Simple social media. Is it hard for you to make a decision at times? Or does it just seem difficult to solve a problem, whether at work or in your family life? Hi, I'm Jessica L. Conrad. I have a master's in holistic health studies, and I am an ICF certified coach. I support all women at a crossroads in life by helping them find clarity and direction. I specialize in endometriosis and infertility. Here is a technique to try next time you find yourself in this situation. It is called the three-step process. It is three simple questions to ask yourself. Number one, what worked well in the past? Number two, why did it work well? Which strengths and natural gifts of yours did you use? And number three, how can you use those strengths and gifts to help with this issue or achieve your current goal? To learn more, to book a free discovery call or ask a question, please visit my website at jessicalconrad.com. There, you will also be able to download other free gifts to help you move forward in life. Did you know that over time, high blood sugar levels can damage the nerves, especially those in the feet? 
Diabetic neuropathy is not one condition, but a group of conditions that can cause damage to the feet due to diabetes. Hi, I am Dr. Anand Joshi, a podiatrist practicing in Woodland Park, New Jersey at Advanced Foot Care of NJ LLC. In addition to high sugar levels, other factors that can worsen nerve damage include smoking, alcoholism, or a history of diabetic neuropathy in the family. Symptoms of diabetic neuropathy include numbness, tingling, and pain in the feet. This can contribute to a greater risk of a person experiencing cuts or injuries to the feet due to lack of feeling. It's important to maintain good health and good blood sugar control in order to treat diabetic neuropathy. While a doctor cannot reverse nerve damage, he or she can recommend treatments to prevent it from worsening. A person with diabetes should go for regular foot exams to prevent complications such as infections or amputation. If you'd like more information or to schedule an appointment, please visit our website, footpainnj.com. Hi, this is Joan Herman. Did you know that Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life publishes a free monthly digital magazine that can be read online or emailed to your inbox? Every month, nationally recognized leaders in their field provide information to educate, inspire, and motivate you. We believe in a holistic approach to life, incorporating mind, body, and spirit. Check out a copy of 24-7 Magazine, visit CYACYL.com, and be sure to tell your friends. productive life, but sometimes we just need a little help. Our Coach On Call experts provide strategies to help you live your best life now. Joining us today to talk about health insurance protection is Lori Gardner, a registered nurse, patient advocate, and board-certified health and wellness coach. Lori assists people with all aspects of their health care. Welcome, Lori. Thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me, Joe. So, Lori, we spend a small fortune on health insurance every year. Is it a good investment? Joan, hands down, yes, it is, without a doubt. Having a good health insurance is a game changer when it comes to care, costs, and peace of mind. Of course, if you can independently finance the cost of your care on your own, you're in pretty good shape. But not many of us can. There are those that really can't afford health insurance as well, and we have seen them get you know, confronted with very difficult times in accessing care and also paying for it if they get it. So not only, Joan, is it a good investment to have health insurance for times of illness, it's actually now often a good investment in staying healthy. You know, many policies now offer all kinds of health and wellness options that many insured people do not even pay attention to, such as subsidizing gym memberships and coverage for some alternative therapies. That is why it's essential to read your plan, because if you don't, you could be letting opportunities to stay in good health pass you by. So you just mentioned the importance of reading and understanding our plan. How can we make sure that we're getting the most out of our policy? Real simple, Joan. Read it. Anyway, I highlight that in caps because all of us, myself included, years ago, we get that plan and we're like, wow, this is like a huge document. However, we've come across so many people that don't have any idea what is covered in their policy. So we always recommend you read it annually. Every year, things can change. And sometimes we've had people come to us and say, well, they covered it last year. They don't this year. you got to read that plan. And if you don't have the time to really peruse the many, many pages of the plan, which isn't always easily accessible, so you got to know that you can access it, you always get a summary of benefits and coverage, which is pretty much a overview, but you get the guts of what you need to know about. 
we suggest you print it out and keep it in the easy location so that you can and go over that whenever you need. Another big aspect is to develop um, and start your online portal with your insurance company and become very familiar with it. Everything you need is pretty much there. You just have to get up to speed with what it all means, and then you can kind of monitor everything as you go along. Um, you want to make sure ahead of time that any provider you're using, whether it's a hospital, emergency room, doctor, testing facility, or whatever, is in your insurance plan because a lot of us have heard of surprise bills and people don't think about that ahead, you know, when they're in crisis. So it is important to plan. I mean, if you go to the ER, which a lot of people have been going to the ER, as we all know, uh, one policy may cover the cost of the visit, right? It's waived, you know, as long as you're admitted. But what happens if you're not admitted? You need to be hit with a 2000 to $5,000, $10,000 bill. So it's important to know ahead of time what's covered. It helps you, guide you to make decisions and pick the right facility. So it's all about reading it. And you just mentioned surprise bills. You know, insurance policies used to seem so much easier. And now you have things like deductibles, co-pays, co-insurances. It's different percentages. So how can we then make sure that our bills are being paid properly? Great question, Joan. So I will say go right back to what I just said. Go back to your summary and benefits and coverage and know what your allotted amounts for deductibles, what you charge for copay and coinsurance. Some people don't even know what these terms mean, but I'll give you a really brief one. Deductible is the amount of money you have to pay before the insurance benefits um, kick in. Copayment is really a specific dollar amount that you're required to pay at the time of the doctor's visit, like for your PCP or your specialist. That's a set amount. Coinsurance is also known as allowed amount. You'll see on your explanation of benefits, which is what we refer to as EOB, that details everything that happened during the visit. And the coinsurance is really after the deductible is met. Your coinsurance is the expense to be paid by you, which is a percentage of the provider's charge. Then you have out-of-pocket maximum. And that's the amount that you have to meet in order for the insurance company to start paying 100%. So if you have a lot of activity in your medical world and bills and whatnot, you'll hit that, and then your insurance company will cover 100%. But the easiest way to track all this, Joan, is on your EOB, on your portal. All the information is there. It's really um, a great idea. And now, which is really impressive, fast forward from 10 years ago when you're on the whole, on hold with your insurance company for sometimes an hour. Now they streamlined it. You can sometimes get in there and they'll call you back. And the latest tool is you can actually email them and say, you know what, is my flu shot free? And they'll email you back and say, yes, it's covered. So this is a really good tool to use. So I, I can't emphasize enough to get that um, get that up online. But the biggest thing I want people to know is when you get that, you'll get an explanation benefit and you'll get a bill from your provider. Let's say it's your doctor's bill. You don't pay that doctor's bill till you verify your explanation benefit, what your insurance company says you need to pay. Those numbers can be totally different. So it's important to verify that. And if you have any questions, you have every right to go back to both the insurance company, I highly recommend you do, and the biller, the provider, because coding is wrong a lot of times. And I'll leave you with an interesting statistic that many people are not aware of, but 80% of hospital bills have errors on them and can cost thousands of dollars. So Remember, check everything, trust and verify, but check everything. Make sure you do an appeal if you don't agree with anything and ask, ask questions. Get professional help if you need it because it can be complicated out there, Joan. Lori, that's really great information. And, and if you'd like to learn more about this topic or Lori and her work, you can visit healthlinkadvocates.com. Or as always, to hear more from Lori, you can visit our website, cyacyl.com slash Lori. 
Have you ever had the opportunity to meet someone and before you met, had an expectation of what you thought would occur or how that person would behave? It's natural to worry about how an encounter will play out, especially if it's with someone you admire. It's easy to make judgments based on assumptions, but I have found that more often than not, assumptions are wrong. Hi, this is Joan Herman here with a lesson learned while earning my PhD in life. This lesson was reinforced for me when I learned I would interview former Cisco CEO, John Chambers. John is one of the world's most successful business leaders. He has worked with presidents and dignitaries from around the globe, and he turned a $1.2 billion company into a tech conglomerate with revenues of $47 billion. This man knew his stuff, and I was nervous. I had a preconceived notion of how someone with that type of resume would behave, and it intimidated me. I spent days getting ready for the power meeting, studying, researching, striving to be on my game. And on the day that we spoke, I couldn't have been more pleasantly surprised. Who I expected wasn't close to who showed up. The first words John spoke to me clearly revealed why he is so highly regarded and respected. John was kind and generous. He was truly concerned about how he could make the experience beneficial to me. He did everything in his power to give me what I needed so I could achieve my goal. We connected immediately, and it was one of my most favorite conversations. This experience reminded me how dangerous assumptions can be. They arise from the part of us that tries very hard to protect us from being hurt. Assumptions come from a series of perceptions and not from what is real. Here are a few ways we can avoid making assumptions. Instead of jumping to conclusions, check the facts. If a friend didn't call you back, don't immediately assume she is angry with you. Take a moment to think about the facts. What actually happened that you can prove? Focus on the facts instead of the story. Recognize that you may be creating a scenario and jumping to a conclusion that is most likely not true. Reaction is what happens when emotions are used to handle a situation, and it happens quickly. Be present and clear so you can think rationally. Ask lots of questions and learn the facts before reacting. Making an assumption is lazy behavior. Instead of getting the information needed, you jump to a conclusion. Writing is a wonderful way to release fear and tension. Write out what you're assuming and remind yourself that this is your story and not actually the truth. Remember the old adage, when you assume, you make an ass out of you and me. For more inspiring tips and strategies, visit joanherman.com. As a mother, you don't want to have to worry about this bill is coming, but then she needs this chemo. That's a decision you shouldn't have to make. At St. Jude, a family never sees a bill at all. It's like the world has been lifted off of your shoulders. The treatment doesn't get any better than what you receive at St. Jude. It saved my life. It saved my daughter's life. It saved our family. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures. Saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.
The preceding pre-recorded program sponsored by Maximilian Communications, LLC.